I'm Carrie. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Love and Nonsense Podcast. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Stephanie. So we are here to cover the last of the summer nights from Hallmark. We have Mariah's Lighthouse and two tickets to paradise. Oh. Yep. And these were not as bad as we thought they were going to be. No. And I mean, Mariah's Lighthouse, when you said Paul Campbell, I was like, okay. We had more hope. Yes. Two tickets, though. Yeah. We were skeptical, especially based on the sneak peek of Ashley hysterically crying. But I also feel like we've been saying that a lot recently, like, oh, these were better than we expected. Because I feel like this was a good Summer Nights lineup overall. I mean, at the end, we'll probably cover, you know, in general, but... Yeah, I was actually going to say that I think it's the best season this year so far. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Because the other ones definitely had their duds. No butlers in love here, though. Nope. All right. So let's start with our review for Mariah's Lighthouse. To remind everyone, the stars Rochelle Lefebvre. We really need to learn how to say say her last name. Lefebvre is what I think they said when I heard somebody say it, but I could be wrong. Oh, Lefebvre. You know, that makes sense because it's French looking and They probably don't pronounce the R-E at the end. So Rochelle Lefebvre and Luke McFarlane. This is based on the book series by Serena Miller. Mariah is a woodworking artisan living in a French seaside town who dreams of restoring the local lighthouse. When Ben, an American architect, comes to town, it seems as though her dreams will never become reality after she learns he's there to give the lighthouse a makeover before another buyer. So I actually really enjoyed this movie beginning to end i really liked this movie yeah i agree i liked it too i was thinking as i was watching it how you know sometimes in these movies i'll get up and i'll go do something and i'll let it run and i don't pause so i don't mind like missing a scene or two but this one i actually you know if i had to get up i paused so i didn't miss anything now granted i did let it like run on my second screen if i had to do something on my computer because i was watching these on my computer (laughs) But, you know, I was paying more attention than I would if I hated it, right? Right. So that's always a plus. It was very pretty. We were actually in France. For these, we're going to keep it consistent and just jump into our ratings. For style, I'm going to give this one. So I I waffled on this. I was between a four and a five. I think I'm going to give it a five, though, because... I actually really liked all of Rochelle's outfits. I loved her yellow rain jacket. It was so cute. And I thought the style was very good, which it should be because we're in France. I waffled a little bit and I gave it a four. And the main reason that I gave it a four was because my mom said something that I had kind of thought about. Excellent point. She's like wearing all these really nice clothes to like build and finish furniture. Yeah, but she wears an apron. I thought it was nice that she dressed cute to work. With white pants, though? I mean, it fit her look, okay? She wore white shoes as well. And I was like, these are blindingly white. It was unrealistic to me that someone that builds furniture and is staining furniture and is doing those sorts of things is wearing these nice clothes while they do it, even with an apron. Granted, I'm a hot mess. And I don't wear white pants because I sit in chocolate or something stupid like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just a mess all the time. So I'm like, that's not even worth it to me. (laughs) You know, I was just focused on her looking cute. And, you know, I even noticed the apron. I was like, this is a cute apron because it had the little belt buckle around on her, like, side where the strap around her neck would come and she would just latch it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm sure that's a normal apron thing, but it was a nice detail and I thought it was cute. The only thing, you know, now that you're mentioning the white pants, this isn't clothing, but it is style and it has to do with her hair, which I love her hair, right? But I'm not saying she dyes her hair, but I kept looking at her really dark roots. I did not. And then she had this really... I was just like, she has really dark roots. And then the rest of her hair is like lighter in this pretty color. And I'm not saying, you know, it's not, maybe it's natural that way. I don't know. But Hmm. I just kept looking at it. I I still give it a five though. I think she looked really cute. I liked a lot of her stuff. I like the aunt's clothes too. She looked really great. I mean, Luke looked great. All around, very nice. Aesthetically And the aunt had a very nice wedding dress. All right, and then the easy one setting is a five. For sure. (laughs) My one thing, and maybe this is part of a storyline thing. I don't know, but it's a setting thing too. So the lighthouse. I really like the lighthouse. However, at the end, they turn on the light and it's red, which I like was like, do lighthouses have red lights? Because I have, you know, no lighthouse knowledge. And I guess some do and red can signal danger and that kind of stuff. So I kind of wish that they had switched it to a white light. I don't know. The red put me off because, you know, we associate red with danger and stuff like that. So it just wasn't, I don't know. I just wish it was a white light. Oh, I mean. A nice clear. (laughs) That didn't bother me any. I do think it was on a bunch of rocks so I could see where it probably is dangerous. Yeah. Like, like it's probably trying to warn people so that they don't run into the rocks, not like a lighthouse that's necessarily trying to lead people home. Yeah. Practically, I understand that. But this is a a movie of romance and fiction. And I feel like aesthetically, it would have been appropriate to be a leading you home light. Is red not and the clear. color of love? It's also the color of danger, though. And people sometimes have negative emotions associated. It's color theory. Yep, I'm colorblind. But I do think... (laughs) (laughs) But I don't like red. So there's that. And I think it's because I'm colorblind. I don't know if I see it the way that other people see it. But I wonder, though, if you... If this stands out more to you you because of the writer in you. I don't know. Like I would never have thought that i just saw the light i thought it looked like a dinky little light on top of that big old lighthouse (laughs) it was like tiny it was like i was like okay but i would have never thought anything about the color well i did and i have more to say about that but that goes that definitely goes into storyline i really loved the little town with where her shop was and the Mm -hmm lady who was buying the piece of furniture was at a candy store i just loved that france aesthetic very clearly not america or canada yeah didn't we say that they filmed this in Brittany? yes am i imagining that okay you you did say that when you looked it up so i just really liked that the flowers the little cart with the guy selling the flowers off the cart i thought that guy though was going to be interested in marrying the aunt Oh. Because at the beginning, he's like, tell Catherine I said hello. <laughs> That's my French voice, guys. I said hello. <laughs> you know. French Mexican, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> French Mexican. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking, like, reading the summary that they put on the website. It actually did not turn out the way you would think. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. were about a third of the movie in when it took this turn and you're like, oh, and then it took another turn. And you're like, oh, kind of thing. 
I will say, though, I did see her getting the lighthouse from the guy when you found out who the guy was. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, okay, well, this is how she's going to get this back. So you assumed that he would just give it to her because he loves her aunt? I was thinking that, I was actually thinking that he would get together with the aunt and when they died, she would get the lighthouse. That's what I was expecting. But I was thinking it was going to return to her, like, eventually. Like, him buying it didn't mean it was never going to be hers when I found out the backstory of him and the aunt. And I was glad once we found out the backstory that he did decide to restore it, you know, like, ditch his original plans and everything. Because I was like... If he really loves this woman and he knows her feelings about this lighthouse and lightkeeper's house, like, why are you going to destroy it? Right. So I'm glad that took a better turn. And And now we're definitely in (laughs) storyline. No. We are definitely in storyline. You are right. Okay. So I guess we should just give our ratings and then we can keep going. Okay. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I gave it a four. I didn't write anything that I didn't love about it, but I don't feel like I didn't love it i really liked it but i didn't love it you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. so there was that i feel like i give fives to things i didn't i don't know four and a half <laughs> That's okay. now i'm like i don't know if i loved it <laughs> my scoring is all over the place it doesn't really matter catch me on the next Anywho, one <laughs> catch you on the next one so while i did like this movie the ending actually wasn't great for me But you're still going to give it a five? You know, I'm going to retract my five and give it a four. I forgot about the ending. I brought you back to my side. Okay, so what did you like about it? Okay, so obviously these are spoilers. We've already been here. (laughs) Yeah. So they break up because he's an architect and he travels around the world for his jobs. And he's always moving. And so he gets a job in Chicago. And she's like, well, I'm going to stay here. And so they break up over that. Whatever. Not original, but fine. But then he's on this boat leaving the island and she decides that, oh, I'm in love with him and I don't want him to leave. And so she runs to the lighthouse to signal him on the boat. And this part I really liked and I almost got teary eyed with the music and everything. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so romantic. So I was really excited. But then we get to him on the boat and he realizes that he wants to go back as well because he loves her. So he kind of does this funny thing about like, turn the boat around kind of thing. Of course, they don't turn the boat around. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But then she flips the switch on the lighthouse and I'm expecting him to like see it and realize she feels the same way towards him. And it's like, She's calling him home to her. And we have this like panoramic view of her in the lighthouse. But that's not what happens. The light doesn't work when she turns it on. He doesn't see it calling him home. We just cut to her standing in the sunset by the lighthouse and him magically appearing because he stole a lifeboat. And then after they kiss, the lighthouse comes on with the red light. Like, I did not like that part at all. And then we cut to a weird next day kind of thing and we just learned that her aunt and her new husband are going off on a trip and they are giving mariah the lighthouse and house and that's that Um, i just i didn't like this i can understand i didn't like the part about the lighthouse either that was kind of weird i think the light should have just come on it would have been more romantic how did he know where she was anyway 
You know what I'm saying? I guess because the movie's called Mariah's Lighthouse, but they're supposed to be inside the movie. They don't know that. <laughs> well, did they have... So this all happened on the day her aunt married this guy. Did they have the wedding at the lightkeeper's house in no, like, the I backyard or something? I thought they had it at the hotel because she made that awning for the hotel. Oh, that's right. So I thought it was so, at yeah, the hotel. So, so I don't know how he knew he was. she was there, which logistically I could get past, but romantically... I wanted the lighthouse to bring him home with a white light. And then that didn't happen. And then I just felt like it was an awkward add-on at the end to show like, oh, she gets the lighthouse, you know? Well, the thing that was interesting to me about the getting of the lighthouse is it was like we're leaving the lighthouse to you guys. And it was very clearly a very progressive relationship here. (laughs) I was like, are they going to live in the lighthouse? Is that what you're telling me? I think so. Hallmark. I thought it was funny when the aunt's husband was like, "It's it would be too crowded in here for all of us. Yeah, that was So funny. him and the aunt are going to jet. <laughs> Although the aunt already had her house. So like, initially I thought they'd leave the house to her, but then I was thinking about it when we got closer to the end and I was thinking, what's the aunt going to do with her house? You know what I'm saying? It just seemed Yeah. Weird. Anyway. I just, it wasn't, after the whole movie where everything I thought flowed really well, and had its like romantic parts, I felt like the ending did not live up to the epicness that it was set up to be. Yep. Paul Campbell, you can call Stephanie next time you're writing a movie and <laughs> she'll she'll arc read it for you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> or I'm curious to know how close to the books this movie is. Oh, yeah. That'd be an interesting thing to find out. You could probably read the book in like half a day. I could probably read the book in probably half a year. So (laughs) maybe you should read one. (laughs) Oh, man. I have yet to read any of these books that these movies are based off of. So there's that. Speaking of, I was going to mention this when you said the whole, are they living in the house together kind of scandal? Whenever Luke first randomly kissed Mariah, Mm -hmm. first of all, I felt like that came out of nowhere. Like... One minute they were laughing and they're like, why are we laughing? And they're like, I don't know. And then he just leans forward real fast and kisses her. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, okay. But then they kind of, they pull back and just stare at each other. And then we go to the next day. And the first thing, like the aunt walks into the hotel and you see this friend of Mariah's who I guess was romantically interested in her. Yep. The first thing he says is like, I haven't seen Mariah in... And it sounded like he was going to say, like, all night or in a while. And, like, he was going to allude to, like, them spending the night together. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. But then he continued talking, and it's that's not the route it went. But I was like, oh, my goodness. Are we really, like, going here in Hallmark? Spent the night together? They I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't think they did, though. No, I'd agree. At this point, no. <laughs> I really loved that there were several lines especially I think in the first half of the movie that I could have seen Paul Campbell deliver okay like it, really what were they? Rein- it really reinforced that he was obviously the writer of this well I didn't write any of them down but the one that stands out to me in my mind the most is where he was like bonsoir and they're like that's good evening and he's like bon voyage and they're like that's have a good trip and he's like bon jovi <laughs> You know, I was like, like, you're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. See, this is like, to me, Paul's like, I could hear him delivering these lines. It's totally his kind of humor. I felt like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am stuck on this ending. 
Because okay. I just thought of something else I thought of. Okay. So Paul Campbell was a writer on Unexpected Christmas with Tyler Heights and Bethany Joy Lenz. And at the end of that movie, she went after him in the train station. And they had such a great romantic conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, and it had like funniness. So that was kind of what I was expecting in this movie. Because I even had the thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be like an unexpected Christmas. It's going to be so good. Because I love the ending of the Christmas movie. And then it wasn't. Yeah. I think he was trying to do something different, but really missed the opportunity with the lighthouse. Not like that writing that the lighthouse didn't go on, I think was the catch that made it all the first mistake. Because if the lighthouse comes on, then he thinks, let me go to the lighthouse. And I, I, I don't know. I agree. Okay. That's my last comment, I think, on the ending. I just forgot that I wanted to mention the unexpected Christmas sure, connection. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Unless something else bothers me again and I pop it in. <laughs> So one thing that I really liked about this was the mystery that they wrote in. I did not see this Mm. coming and learning about like how her grandfather loved this woman who was in World War II fighting, fighting, doing whatever women did. I guess they probably were not fighting. She was in the French resistance. There we go. probably a spy. Probably. And how they found that the, they found the girl down at down at this place where there's a rock like a jewel which by the way the rock doesn't look like a jewel <laughs> it didn't to me at least i was like maybe it depends on the jewel it looked like a rock <laughs> what kind of jewel well i don't know was it meant to be in shape was it meant to be like it sparkles under the sun i don't know I don't know. I just felt like it was disappointing when I got when they got there and they're like, oh, look, this is it. It was cute story. But I really liked the finding that out and finding out what happened to her and all that kind of stuff. And then kind of learning the history of things, too. In America, you don't really hear much about French resistance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I yeah. just feel like it was a, an interesting story that I was not expecting to be inside of this story. It came up with one of my favorite quotes that I wrote down from the movie because I had two quotes that I wrote down and it was when the older lady said the heart is a wonderful mystery powerful enough to move mountains delicate enough to shatter at the slightest touch but if we don't love without restraint we we risk missing out on the greatest gift life has to offer I like that quote too took me listening to it three times to get that (laughs) to get the whole thing (laughs) Uh, what I was gonna say so I really liked this side story too about history and I really like World War II, like that time period, even though I don't like it enough to write about it, but that's like a side thing. But you know what I thought of that was really sad when they met this lady? World War II was like 80 years ago, you know, for going just 1940, 80 years. And this woman was the daughter of somebody who knew the woman that they were reading about. And she was pretty mature. And it just makes me sad that, you know, soon there won't be very many like firsthand account people of like World War II. And obviously that's probably already happened with World War One. And I don't know. It just makes me sad that this whole historical time period, mm-hmm. we just like lose people. And I mean, that's just how it goes. But I don't know. Well, didn't the last living Holocaust survivor just recently die? Oh, really? I feel like that happened. Hmm. Now, granted, having been through something as traumatic as the Holocaust, I wonder if that plays a, a plays a part in like length of your life. Like, does trauma really mm-hmm. impact 
like how long you live because of the just the impacts on your body and stuff like that. And I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was the last living Holocaust survivor in America. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I just heard that. But then it also makes me think about like my grandmother was born in 1926. So she mm. lived through World War II. She lived through a lot of stuff. But my grandfather actually fought in World War II. I never met him. So I never oh, wow. got to like talk to him. He died before I was born. So I never got to talk to him about any of the stuff. I've thought about that in the past, how you lose stuff. I think you see it too. Even just the 20 years were separated from 9-11. Mm-hmm. None of the kids know know what that felt like you know yeah there's 20 years of people who don't know what that day felt like yeah it's, crazy. it's just very odd that we're gonna be like this generation that lived through like 9-11 and then covid pandemic you know and a recession possibly another recession so it's just like we're living through these big things and you know 50 years from now people are going to look back at you know 2001 or 2008 and 2020 and we're gonna be the people that has to share it and i don't and like while they romanticize it in some way you know like with these Mm -hmm. letters or i don't know what they're gonna find in the future oh yeah like text messages and emails well and then think about (laughs) that's kind of sad think about this the movie the hallmark movie 40 60 year 80 years from now that's about people falling in love during covid oh my (laughs) god Oh my gosh. We laugh, but it is, it could be a thing. I mean, they didn't make a 1918 Spanish flu Hallmark movie. Well, it might have, I don't think they made a whole movie about it. Maybe they made like a movie set during that time and they mentioned it on the side, but that's not the same. That's not really their key demographic. Even with Mm -hmm. time kind of like they don't do a ton of time pieces, you know what I'm saying? So, right. but I do feel like the world, they, the world war two seems, I think recent enough that they kind of will use that on some things like that. Candace Cameron Bure time travel one. Mm-hmm. And then that Betty White and Jennifer Love Hewitt one. Oh yeah. I mentioned that they air, that was world war two. It's just such a, I don't want to say easy time to mention, but I guess no one wants to talk about, you know, Vietnam or anything. <laughs> So no. go back to World War II. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I think We've gotten off track. Stuff, I think the outfits and stuff from the 40s is like a very iconic look. People mm-hmm. like the aesthetic of the look of that time period. Yeah. I definitely prefer it over the 60s and 70s. That's for yeah. sure. I have one more quote and then that's all I have. Oh, right. Your second quote. Okay. To find love once is lucky enough, but to lose it and find it again, it's almost impossible. I thought that was sweet. Mm. That was sweet. I haven't found one love, so I, I can't even lose it and find it again. We're not lucky <laughs> enough. <laughs> We're not lucky in love. Oh, my gosh. All right. So that's Mariah's Lighthouse. Next up, we have two tickets to paradise. And this stars Ashley Williams and Ryan Pavey. I considered singing it, so I'm glad you sang it. (laughs) Was it a movie? You kind of have to. (laughs) It was in the movie, Two Tickets in Paradise by Eddie Money. And at first I was like, I wonder if this cost them anything. But it probably didn't because it was released in 1977. Hmm. Isn't that wild? They said that the, the song did influence the creation of the movie. Really? Yeah, the the writer, whoever, I guess, got inspired by the song to write it. Well, now I'm going to have to closely read these lyrics. But first, let me read the summary. <laughs> so two strangers meet on what feels like the worst day of their lives. 
Hannah and Josh have both been stood up at the altar. While shocked and devastated, they happen to meet at the park, which turns out to be the morale boost they need to commit to taking their honeymoon vacations. They realize they are going to the same honeymoon resort and keep crossing paths in tropical paradise. Seeing the futility of fighting fate, Hannah and Josh eventually join forces and help learn from one another to enjoy their vacations. It was cute. It was cute. Ashley was, you know, after that brief hysterical crying bit, which wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be, she toned it down. She was just the right amount of perky quirkiness. See, and I have a different opinion about it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. She wasn't the perfect balance. (laughs) No, I actually really liked her in this movie. I have the issue where, in general, I just don't love actresses that go super perky in these movies. Even actresses that I really like, if they're playing super perky in a movie, it drives me insane and I I hate it. So I really was not expecting to like this, especially after the bathroom crying scene. I was like, oh my goodness. But this is my theory on it. I felt like the writing was strong enough that the comedy in it allowed her I feel like maybe the other movies that she's in are not strong Mm -hmm. enough comedy wise to carry her and she overdoes it in the perkiness Mm -hmm. to make it more fun you know what I'm saying and this I felt like the comedy carried itself and and gave her opportunities to do kind of like that I love Lucy kind of comedy like situations like her falling out the window in the bathroom you know like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things I felt like really gave her the opportunity to kind of do the fun parts and it not be over the top for the rest of the movie it I think that's, for me, what created the balance in this one. I think that's a really good point because as I was watching this one, I was trying to think, you know, what is what makes this different than her other movies? And all I could think of were the – it wasn't called Heart of the Holidays or anything. Oh, was it Holiday Hearts? The one where, she, where she's with Paul Campbell. And the other one was Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. And while I liked those, I still wouldn't say I loved them, right? I can't even remember what Holiday Hearts is really about. So I was like, what what is so different here? Shouldn't she have been good with Paul Campbell? Like comedy genius? So I think you're right about the writing in this one allowing her to like be herself and really carrying more weight. And I also feel like maybe them being in Hawaii or at least this big grand location allowed her to expand as well because it was so large, if that makes sense. And so she wasn't confined by this small, the small set, the small town where she seemed yeah. over the top. I, I can see that. And there were over the top characters also. People, people playing over the top. The gay guys that they met there. Very mm-hmm. dramatic and like emotive, I guess is a good word. And then Kailani was also very expressive and kind of over the top on things mm-hmm. but I think it worked well and like I even think about her like walking into the hotel room and being like let me in and she goes in and she sees all this love stuff and she says take the basket to the kitchen or something or uh, take Kailani says take the basket to the kitchen and he he starts to walk out and she goes and burn it and Kailani's like and burn it <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just thought that was so funny. I was like, she delivered the lines really well, but I feel like everywhere you went, there was some kind of comedic relief, even with like not correcting the guys that they aren't really together on their honeymoon, you know, 
or mm-hmm. the competition that they would that they were kind of in with these guys and that kind of a thing I really felt like I just really felt like the writing really it was perfect for her I felt like yeah I would agree and I feel like maybe because I didn't think Ryan's character was over the top no. so I felt like he grounded things and then Mary Margaret Humes who was his stand-in mother which yep. was a really sweet story, actually. It was very sweet. She helped ground it as well because she wasn't, like, crazy over the top. Yep. So you have these, like, two grounded characters as the counterbalance. Yep. I will say, so I really liked Kehlani. I wouldn't mind seeing her again. The gay couple I liked, but sometimes they verged on caricatures. And it really bothered me for them, but that's well, a minor thing, I guess. You know, I thought the same thing. Uh and I think it's because there was no balance between both of between them. Like if it had been like Ashley and Ryan, where one is balancing out the other, but they were mm-hmm. both kind of over the top, and it did yeah. run kind of caricature-y. That's actually what I was thinking because my mom didn't love it either, and and I was like, that's the word that came to mind when my mom said it. I was like, they didn't need to be that over the top. I think. One of them could have been balancing is what I was going to say. But I will say that my favorite part with them (laughs) has got to be when she goes to do the lays with the fiance. Marcus comes comes to Hawaii and Mm -hmm. she goes to do the lays with him. And then he gets up to go get her a surprise. And the guys are like, we're just as confused as you are. (laughs) Yeah, I love that scene. I liked it when when they first arrived and one of the husbands kind of leans over the table to whisper and he's like, tap the table four times if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> who is this guy that's holding you hostage? Where is Ryan Pavey? <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. So that made me laugh. Yeah. I have completely random things. Do you want me to go through my completely random things real quick? Yeah, sure. She made a comment about being on her honeymoon and I kept thinking they should have written this in as honeyless moon. <laughs> Oh my God. That's just my own uh, writing. You can you can pay me for but that I'm one the time. <laughs> but I was like, you're not technically on your honeymoon because your honey's not there. So I really loved it when Ryan Pavey shirtless three times mm-hmm. and he got to surf, which he really does surf. So that was kind of cool. I, I was wondering if that was going to happen. Well, I wondered if it was really him surfing because I thought it was when they did the close-up shots on him on the water. And I was like, I feel like this is actually Ryan and not some stunt double, which was really cool. I do think so. I'm glad to know that it really was. Yeah. And then with his shirtless thing, Uh I actually laughed out loud because I think it was the first time he was shirtless and she sees him and he goes, well, they both go to like change and she's like, you know, don't feel like you have to put a shirt on or that's what I wrote down those lines. You don't have to put your shirt back on. (laughs) And her look on her face. I was like, yes, Ashley. Yes. You do not have to, Ryan. Oh, that killed me. I was like, this is true. (laughs) And then she actually had another cute line with him. He wasn't shirtless in this scene. What a bummer. But it was when they were separating. What? I said it just would have enhanced the scene. It would have been awkward. This was a fancy, like, dinner. It was when they were at this, like, romantic getaway place. Uh, you and could have it totally was night- been shirtless there. I'm just saying they're the bed. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just saying. <laughs> you said it would have been out of place. I'm saying there was a bed. It was, I mean, he, shirtless could have been okay. It could have been. But they were partying and she said something, but she accidentally said, oh my Josh, when she meant to say, oh my gosh. That was funny. And his name is Josh. And I was like, that was so cute. Oh, her Josh. Was that like, was funny. And it almost came out like it was. I wonder if that was an accident because she almost looked surprised about it in mm-hmm. her reaction. And either she did a really great job acting and that was actually the line that was delivered or maybe it just accidentally came out and it was like just impromptu, improv like gold. <laughs> now I really want to know if that was written or not because that I really liked that line in that scene. I do too. Because that happens to me all like the part where I embarrass myself in front of a guy like that doesn't really happen because I avoid them. But... <laughs> But the part where I accidentally am thinking of one word and then say another like mashed up version of two words happens Mm -hmm. to me a lot. Yeah. So I was like, that's so real. I have a bad thing that I did not like and it's completely random and it doesn't really matter. But after the romantic dinner, she text message him and she's like, the moon, look at the moon. And it shows her looking at the moon. It shows the moon over the water and it shows him looking at the moon. And there are three different moons. They're not in the same place in the sky. The one that was over the water was like almost touching the water. (laughs) See, I didn't notice that at all. I noticed there were clouds around the moon he was looking at. There was clouds around the moon he was looking at, but there weren't around the other two. I'm just saying they were two different moons. It must be the photographer and me being like that. Yeah, because I did not It doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it does not matter. (laughs) No, it does not, but good catch, I guess. I can't tell when the houses are the houses from other movies, but I can tell when the moons are not the same moons. I know. I was like, they're both round and glowing. How does she know these aren't the same moons? <laughs> it's not like they showed you a full moon and then like a half moon, right? Right. No, it was just the positioning I felt like that doesn't seem right. Oh, my. Well, if we're talking about things that we didn't love, I mean, th- this is a minor thing, too, but I'll say it since you said yours. I didn't love the way he got broken up with in the beginning. I thought it was very awkward and like I know they didn't want to explain things because they wanted it to come out throughout the movie, but I just felt like it was kind of weird It was with her just being, I'm not ready or you know why or I don't even know. She said something weird and then she gave him the ring and left. Yeah, there was no explanation. She just was like, we just aren't right for each other. You know it. Or something along those lines. I mean, although Mm -hmm. I will give her credit, at least she showed up and told him to his face. The other guy told the sister to tell her. Yeah, that was low. I almost, this is the uh, dramatic in me. I thought that he was going to like tell the sister that he was secretly in love with her or something. I thought so too. And I was going to be like, oh no, he ran off with her sister. But he didn't do that. That would have made it so much worse. That would have not been Hallmark. It really would have. This would have been Hallmark 2.5. I mean, I actually feel like they could have had that in there because the sister didn't play a large part. I thought she was going to go to Hawaii with Ashley since Ashley had the two tickets, but she didn't. Ashley went alone. Her sister didn't join her. Her sister was barely in there when she had her calls home. So I feel like she could have ran off with a fiance. That would have been a lot, though. And he couldn't have shown up at the end to be like, I want you back because my mom told me to. He was um, not a winner. No, he was not. 
my other thing's going to fit into storyline, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it. Oh, okay. Then I think we can rate it. Woohoo! Okay. For style. So this is why I was waffling on Mariah's Lighthouse, because I actually really liked Ashley's style in this movie. So I'm also giving it a five. So I liked Ashley's style. It was fine. I mean, it was beachy. It was, there were several things that were very pretty. I actually really like her super blunt bob, and it makes me want to mm. cut my hair <laughs> again. Yeah. Because I love a blunt haircut in general, and I love a blunt bob. I just thought, like, her shorts and her shirts were cute, but I was just like, it's just shorts and shirts. So I didn't feel like the same way. I Caribbean summer, like, every outfit she put on, I thought was, like, looked so great on her. And Ashley looked good. I just didn't feel like it was the same thing. So I was just like, eh. But I did mark it up to four and a half because Ryan Pavey was shirtless three times. So. You see, I thought that... Ashley had an elevated wardrobe instead of just the whole beachy thing because I liked her slightly nicer blouses tucked into her slightly nicer shorts and then she had nice dresses and I did really love her haircut too so maybe that bumped it up as well five all around well I mean we're close (laughs) we're not far off from each other we are close and setting obviously it's a five for Hawaii the b-roll we always give Hawaii a five And then that leaves Storyline, which I'm also giving it a five. Wait, yeah, because I reduced my Mariah's Lighthouse. So I'm giving this one a five because I did like the ending and all the other stuff. You know what we didn't do on Mariah's Lighthouse? Summer. Love or Nonsense. We didn't do Summer, (gasps) but we didn't do Love or Nonsense. Dang it. Mariah's Lighthouse gets four Summers. Okay. It wasn't as summery as the others. Yeah. I give it a love. Me too. And then two tickets to paradise. I guess we should do it before we forget. I'm oh, giving no, it a five have, summer. Oh, I'm okay. not done with story yet. Okay. You're skipping over. Well, I was going to go back to story. Oh, okay. So we didn't forget to do. Okay. Summer, I give it a five. I give it a five too, obviously. And it's a love. <laughs> and it's a love. Now we can go back to storyline now that we've remembered to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave it a five. I gave it a five also for storyline. The only thing that I am kind of juxtaposed against on this is at the beginning, I really, really liked the mom's advice on you need to find out what love is. Then she spends the whole time trying to figure out what love is. But then what I did not like was when she talks to Kailani at the end, Kailani's like, love is just a feeling. You'll know. Yeah. I was like, that could have I, been le- couldn't have been less profound. Less, less I didn't like that profound. either. I don't know how to say that. I mean, I, I think I understand what she was getting at. I think she was trying to say, like, love is a choice, right? And you, you do have some autonomy and you can choose to love somebody. Kind of like you choose to love someone every day, right? Kind of thing. And the feeling can come. I don't know. Maybe she didn't mean that. Well, I was thinking when she says love is a feeling you'll know it was kind of like just trust yourself you know like I think maybe it was trying to tie into her needing to plan everything and not really being able to step out and do things outside and Marcus being super safe you know like oh I knew it was going to happen and Ryan Mm -hmm. who is also a safe person it's not like he was an opposite character no he wasn't yeah Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they write that that character as like just adventure loving, super spontaneous. And I didn't feel like he was that way. He was like, hey, what's on your list? Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to talk yeah. her into throwing out the list. He was just saying sometimes you could go without the list. 
Yeah, he wasn't her complete opposite. So we didn't have these two extremes. That was nice. That was his groundedness. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I just felt like if that's what you were going to, I think there could have been a better way to say it than what how it was written in that one little part. I did not feel like I I didn't like that. I didn't connect with it. And I thought something that they made such a big deal out uh, out of the whole time, they like minimized at the end. But, you know, at least at the end... We got the one-year jump forward. We did get the one-year jump forward, which we called. Yes. I am so glad that they did this because we really needed one and desperately. It was the jump forward that we said, oh, then they're they're getting married again, you know, at at that spot. Yeah. We definitely called it. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's beautiful. It was beautiful. I also loved that she made up her mind. She was going to go back with Marcus to figure it out, but she made up her mind before she even left with Marcus. She Mm -hmm. called it off. I really liked that. I did like that they gave his character some resolution with the ex-fiance, even though I didn't feel like, I felt like most of his story arc had nothing to do with the fiance it had everything to do with the stand-in mother and the mom leaving and all of that stuff that was really his character arc kind of thing yeah that was his main storyline thing yeah because he barely even talked about the fiance it was just like oh we thought we should get married so we just did or you know agreed to it kind of thing i was gonna say oh his fiance or ex-fiance did have very beautiful hair. It was that curly. It was similar to Rochelle's, actually. Yeah. Just a different color. She was really pretty. (laughs) And I was going to say, I really loved that when the guys assumed that he was was Ashley's fiance, you don't see, she like kind of gets twitchy about it. He does not at all. He's like, whatever, go with the flow. Let him keep Mm -hmm. doing it. It doesn't matter. He's very comfortable with that. (laughs) You know what part I did like? It's when they went on the haunted Hawaii tour. Oh my gosh, because, did she jump in his arms? <laughs> yes. Because I would totally be like her where I don't want to go. I don't, you know, want to do this. I don't like haunted houses. I don't like scary things. It's not for me. But she went because of him. And then it was so spooky. And she got scared and jumped in his arms and he held her. And then they left. And then But then later like, in the movie. Can we go? <laughs> yeah. And then later in the movie, for something different, she watched this, like, haunted show. At first, she was like, oh, no. But then she was, like, secretly, you know, I'm going to watch this and be bad. (laughs) Yeah, that was – this one won me over. I'm – I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised. Same. So now we should rank the four movies for summer or five movies. Well, I don't think we should rank or add Color My World with Love into this. It really doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with the other ones. Mine, it would be somewhere in the middle anyway. Okay. So number one for me is going to be Two Tickets to Paradise. Okay. Number one for me is going to be Hidden Gems, I think. Ooh. Number two for me is going to be Mariah's Lighthouse. Number two for me is going to be Two Tickets to Paradise. (laughs) Number three is Hidden Gems. Number three is Mariah's Lighthouse. And four is Caribbean Summer. Yep. And it wasn't, but, none of them were bad. I, I It's actually yeah. kind of hard to, to put these in an order. Yes. Even though Caribbean Summer came in fourth, it's not a very low fourth. It's a very close, could be tied with third, you know, could be tied with second type thing. Well, and if so, you put the whole year together, like if we had the horrible chore of like ranking the entire year, mm-hmm. these four movies would be in the in my top ten, maybe even my top five. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's definitely ahead of Butler's in Love. It's definitely ahead of Feeling Butterflies. <laughs> so these would definitely be in the top of those. This is definitely towards the top for me. All right. Woo. I'm glad we've wrapped up summer and now we're heading into Christmas in July. In July. And next week we'll have a Christmas in July preview. Yay. And then we're taking they are actually off. premiering. Well, I was going to say, because they're actually premiering new Christmas movies on Hallmark. And then we're taking two weeks off. Because <laughs> we need a break. We've been doing this a long time, guys. The people who do just what? Christmas movies are kind of smart. Yeah. But we got really burnt out just doing the Christmas movies. And I feel like we'd kind of get bored just doing the Christmas movies. No, I agree. And I do think this year has been a lot easier because we did not burn ourselves out last year like we did the first year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been consistent, We spread things out and we're picky. Half a year of consistency. This is like a milestone for us. (laughs) Only six more months to go to have a whole year of consistency. And we're going to take two weeks off. Although that's two weeks planned off, not two weeks. We just didn't do it off. <laughs> yeah. that That's different. That's still consistent. And we'll be on Instagram. We live there. <laughs> All right. So I think that wraps us up then, right? Yep. Bye. Bye. So subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when we have new episodes released. And if you're on Apple Podcast, we'd love it if you leave us a review. Apparently those are really super helpful in getting your podcast seen and our social media. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Nonsense Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.